speeding and the sound is a speeding. Ah, hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, May 15th, 2023. And yes, we're back in the fucking saddle again. I apologize. I was gone for a week. You know, it's unlike me. That's kind of old school Drew behavior to leave a podcast for a week. But you know, she is my bachelor party. And you know, I saw Megadeth Hardy for the ninth time. Probably the last time, and I got a lot of shit to do on a constant review, and hey, it's big motherfucking D-R-E-W. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, May 15th, 2023. Oh, how are you? Are you out there enjoying your nice weather and all the shit? I gotta be honest right now, I am fucking exhausted. Like, I uh, (laughs) am fucking... My brain is fucking drained right now, dude. Like, I got nothing left in the tank. So we'll see how this fucking episode goes, but I'm still going to give it give it my all. So let's start off the show with a little bit of a ding, 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 ding. ding. I, I'm in the studio. I'm in my work studio. I don't have my guitar. Ding, 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 ding. How was my motherfucking week? Week. Because it's been two weeks. Holy fuck. It's been a whole fortnight. Okay, so I was supposed to podcast last Monday. But last Monday, I went to the Megadeth concert with Jason Allen. Now, um... This will be my ninth time seeing Megadeth, and I think Jason has seen them a couple times as well. And uh, we're good buddies. We went on the road. We've done a bunch of road gigs together and all this shit like that. And he's like a metal dude. He's the only other like thrash metal guy in the comedy scene. Well, not only other, but like he's like a fucking thrasher, and we're buddies. And he lives in the Hammer, so it kind of made sense, and it was on Monday. So we go down, and uh, we're both like sober guys now. Um, so <laughs> we were joking, like, what the fuck do you do before a, a metal concert? Like just hang out in the parking lot, crushing bubblies. Like it's, it felt weird. I had to like relearn how to enjoy a metal concert because up until this point, it was like, let's get fucking fucked up before the show, you know, crush as many beer luckies or whatever pilsners in the parking lot and then head into the show. Um, so we just got there like super early. I fucking, we're just like in line and we were there to see not even the opening band, but like the opening opening band. Which I never fucking see. We had floor seats, too, which were so nice. We were at the Hamilton First Ontario, whatever the fuck, 5,000 seaters. I thought Megadeth could sell more tickets, um, but they didn't even sell out that venue, which is fucking wild. But I guess they were just here with Lamb of God, which was the eighth time I saw Megadeth was last summer. So they might have been hitting up the market. It might have just been a little bit too close to their last show and their last thing. But anyways, opening for them was this band called Oni. O-N-I, and their lead singer was, like, this fat motherfucker. He was, like, probably 6'2", like, 380, like, big gut, like, sweaty guy, wrist. Like, you could just smell what... (laughs) You could see his smell. Like, you know how those big, fat metal guys, like, they just have a smell? Um, And he was, like, the... Like, they had this, like, crazy vocals. But they were technically, like, a really a fucking good band. And they had this bass player playing, like, a five-string Ibanez bass. And he was, like, playing slap metal bass. It was fucking crazy. Um, and they were actually pretty decent. Me and Jay were like watching. We're like, yeah, these guys are not bad. So we watched the opening bad Oni, O-N-I. And, uh, yeah. So if you want to check them out, if you're into metal, check out O-N-I. It's all right. It's a little screamy, a little too fucking for me. But, uh, actually I've been getting into more and more of that grind sort of vocals lately anyways. So whatever. Technical metal with grind vocals on top of it. It's still good, I guess. Um, so they were good. And then Bullet for My Valentine was opening for Megadeth. And honestly, I was like, I'm not a big fan of Bullet for My Valentine. Like, I think it was just the name that put me off because it was like My Chemical Romance. Like, I put them in that in that vein with My Chemical Romance and like Panic at the Disco, just like Bullet for My Valentine. Like all these like multi-syllabic fucking names that have to do with like heartbreak or whatever the fuck or whatever, like some kind of thing. Um, 
But I was actually kind of like pleasantly surprised with their shit. Like they're in their 40s now. And it's so funny to see dudes like singing songs that they wrote when they're like 21 being like, meh, 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 meh. Now you're like 42 and you got to still be like, meh, 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 meh. It's like, bro, you got a gut now and stuff. Uh, but you could tell they've been like r- rocking this set for a while. People were really stoked. There was a lot of people there to see just Bullet for My Valentine. Like we were on the floor. And so then when Oni got off, we're like, okay, let's fucking push up. And then, like, when Bullet started, like, everyone started pushing up. And I was like, they were all right. They kind of, like, stood there and, like, their guitar, <laughs> their lead singer, they got a lead singer who plays guitar. And he looked like fucking Kid Rock. Like, he had, a, he had long, straight, like, blonde hair with, like, a backwards hat on and, like, a leather jacket and ripped jeans. He, like, straight up looked like Kid Rock. And then their, uh, their bass player was also their high vocal singer, and he had, like, this, like, spiky little haircut, and he would look like he was putting on the pounds. But their guitar player looked like this weathered-ass, like, fucking just a guy I would have worked with, a, like, Steve's Music or some shit like that. Like, it looked like this guy Rick that I used to work with at Steve's Music. And he was the only one in the band who was drinking, and I was right next to his fucking, like, right up on the front. And uh, he had, like, multiple cans of Canadians on the go, and he was just, like... He would every time there was a break in a song, he'd walk back over to his monitor tech and he'd like have a huge swig of fucking beer. And it's a Monday night. And I was thinking to myself and I was like, I know this to be true. There's only two types of musicians. There's also only two types of bartenders. It's either you drink when you're uh, you either don't drink when you're working or you're a full blown alcoholic. Right. Because because if you have a job that permits you to drink when you're working then if you're an alcoholic, you'll fucking drink, right? So this guy's Monday night. Like, they're on the road in fucking Hamilton, Ontario. Maybe it is a good reason to be getting fucked up. But in my books, that is a perfectly acceptable night to stay completely sober. But this guy was crushing, like, multiple open Canadians. And then he had to go up, and he's their lead guitar player. And this is a technically proficient band. So he goes up, he smashes his fucking Canadians, and then he, like, has to shred right after he's done his fucking beers. And, like, I don't know. It was, like... It was all right. Uh, like I, I probably I'm, I'm I tried listening to them after because like you know they gave a good show and I was like some of these songs are really heavy and then the, they're British too, so he's like the guy's been in the music industry for way the fuck too long and like talking about like concepts of songs because he's like this next song is the heaviest chorus you're ever gonna hear and you're like okay like cool dude like this is the heaviest chorus like okay like right on and you could tell they went into it like we gotta write a fucking heavy chorus man and then it was like that to bring out the knives to cut and to fight and or whatever the fuck and they're like screaming this song about bringing out knives and i'm like that's a pretty heavy chorus i guess like you know right the fuck on um ain't no but the heaviest chorus is obviously belong to mf doom like if fucking you can't get no heavier than fucking mf doom in terms of lyrical content, like that is a gnarly motherfucker. So, uh, so Bullet was good. Uh, they were all right. Uh, I, I like. I guess I preferred their live show more, but it was. It's still good. Anybody live, like you know, you you, you can kind of get a good idea. You're like, all right, I get this band. Like these guys are nice or whatever the fuck. So, anyways, uh, and then fucking Megadeth comes out. Obviously, open with Hangar 18, and uh, this was again, like I said, my first experience watching them without being like, you know, inebriated or whatever the fuck. So. Um, it was great. Uh, like they sounded good. It was the exact same uh, for the most part set list that I saw them do, you know, pretty much. That's the thing with Megadeth that I'm like realizing is like they're never they're like me. They're never going to not stop telling the same jokes like <laughs> they're going to just keep playing fucking they're going to open with Hangar 18. They're going to play Peace Cells. They're going to play fucking Symphony. 
They're going to play fucking, like, those are the three that they're definitely going to play. And then he might toss in a couple new ones. And he had in the Dystopia and then a, the a one track off their new album, which was all good. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of like, all right. And then I saw Vic. They had a little Vic Rattlehead guy coming out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And then Jason and I are slowly pushing our way forwards. People are moving. And then there was some fucking leather vag fucking metal warrior who looks like she's just been fucking drinking and hacking darts and doing coke since like 19. She must've been in her, in her late thirties, but she looked like she was in her late forties and she was behind me and Jason and she was screaming and like, okay, I get it's a metal concert and blah, 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 blah. But she was literally like, like doing going like, and it was like, she was standing right behind Jason and I. And like, she was like leaning into our fucking ears. And it was got to the point where we were like, did we piss this chick off? Or like, why is she? It's, it was like, she was literally taking that opportunity to take our ears and scream right into them. So I did something that I'm like, I was like, Karen, I was like, I turned around. I was like, can you fucking stop? And then she was like, oh, <laughs> and the guy she's with some fucking crusty, like looking fucking metal guy, like in his like 40s. He was definitely he had gray hair. He's definitely in his 40s. And I was like looking at them like, yeah, enjoy the fucking show. But like you're screaming right in my fucking ear. And then it took her like another nine seconds before she went like, <laughs> and we were like, I, I, I honestly and then I look back at her and she was looking right at me. She wasn't even looking at the fucking concert. So I'm like, this bitch is drunk and she's doing this on purpose. Like, she thinks it's funny to scream full volume in my fucking ear. So I was like, you know what? I was like, I looked at her, and then I put my finger in my ear, and I looked at her, I was like, fucking stop. And then and then she did, finally. And it was like, and I don't know, I just felt I was like, oh, am I getting, like, too old for concerts now? Like, I have to tell people who are enjoying themselves to not have a good time or... I just felt weird about the whole fucking thing, but I think I was in the right to be like, you're allowed to scream just fucking... Point your head up towards the sky. Like, don't point your mouth fucking eight inches away from my fucking ear and scream as loud as you possibly can. Like, that hurts. Um, so then we're making our way up to the top, and then there's this another fucking skinny old metal guy who's got his, like, young, fat fucking metal girlfriend, and, like, these metal guys are, like, fucking creeping, and he was, like, being so protective of his, like, younger fucking fat metal girlfriend, and Jason and I are, like, moving, and he starts, like, trying to elbow us to get us out of the way, and we're like, bro, me and Jay are both, like, in the gym six days a week, and, like, this guy's, like, a skinny little metal dude, and we just kind of, like, just fucking muscled him out of the way, and he's, like, trying to protect his girlfriend, and we're like, bro, fucking get out of the front, like, you don't get to have a little safe space at the at the literal fucking front of front of the front row like of the of the stage right it was general admission bro like you don't get to like quarter off your little zone here and the reason why we were up there is because we're right on fucking stage right and we're like yo this is gonna be a good opportunity to catch a pick so fucking uh james lomenzo the fucking bass player for uh for megadeth he we were on his side of the stage and he fucking rips off his wristband and he tosses it and it doesn't make it into the crowd. And then this and then this skinny guy was protecting his girlfriend. Like the security guard is being a complete fucking asshole. And he's like dangling this th wrist thing in front of all these metal guys. And everyone's grabbing at it. And he keeps like tugging it. Like, oh, oh, you want it? Oh, no, oh, oh, oh. And it's like, 
He was some big fat fuck too. He was like, fuck you, bro. Like, this isn't your, you don't get to decide. Like, oh, you guys want it? Oh, you want it? You want it? And then this skinny guy's like, that's for her. That was for her. Hey, hey. And there's like other guys trying to like grab that wristband from the security guard. He's like, that was for her. And he's like trying to be like, hey, she is a woman. How dare you? And all this fucking shit. It's like, bro, you're in the fucking pit now, man. There's no gender here. <laughs> you're either metal or you're not fucking metal, bro. That's the binary going on here. So then the security guard fucking gives it to this fat bitch. And it's like, yo, man, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what the fuck, dude? Um, I don't know. It was just kind of like, I was like mad at that skinny guy for like, not. it was like unmetal. It's like, bro, this is like, he just tossed it in the crowd. He didn't like make eye contact with your fucking 20 years younger fucking girlfriend that you can only date because fucking she's metal and you're like such a skinny little fucking weirdo. <laughs> I like made up a whole life for this guy. I'm like, you can't date girls your own age. You got to find some fucking indoctrinated metal chick who thinks you're cool because you have a 2008 fucking Corolla and you could pick her up from college or whatever the fuck. So I came this close. I'm really just salty that I didn't fucking get the wristband because that's a pretty cool, like, thing to get. Like, you know, I would have liked Dave's or Kiko's wristband rather than fucking James Lomenzo's, but whatever. So, okay, so that was my Megadeth fucking concert review. And that's, and then Tuesday and Wednesday, I just, I literally had gigs and shit like that. I just couldn't podcast, so I apologize. Uh, Because on Thursday, I fucking left for Edmonton. And Friday, I was opening for Brad Williams at the River Creek Casino. So my sister, uh, we used a little bit of nepotism to get in the door. Um, but, you know, it's talent that gets you through, right? Uh, so I had to submit a demo tape to his management, like fucking WM, like serious management company. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love his stuff. He can open for him. So I'm doing a half an hour, and there's fucking 2,000 tickets sold. And it's also the Oilers game. So we get there we get there early Friday. I saw my, in the, whatever, I saw my parents and everything. So now we get to the venue, and it's the Oilers game. So we're in the watch party initially. And then I go from the watch party of the first period to the venue. And then they're like, oh, we got to push it. There's We only have, like, 60% of the people that we, like, we're still waiting on a good, like, 500 people. It's like, holy fuck. So we push it, and sure enough, when the first period ends, it, like people would rather watch the Oilers than be late for the game, than be, or than be late for the comedy show, than miss the Oilers and be on time for the comedy show. So I, my opening bit is like Brad. So here's the thing: we're supposed to have a fucking um, radio DJ bring us on stage. Those hacks, those fucking radio DJ hacks. So we're supposed to have one of those guys who's emceeing the show, and he bailed 20 minutes before the show. So Brad's like, "Fuck it, I'll bring you on stage." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, give me a god mic." So Brad Williams does quite possibly the best intro I have ever heard for any comedy show ever in my entire life. He goes, he he did like a four-part applause break, like, hey, ladies and gentlemen of the River Creek Casino, are you? We're here for Brad Williams. He's in the back of the room. Let him hear you make some noise. Boom. And then it's like, we're here tonight to hear words like shit, piss, fuck, cunt, motherfucker, cocksucker, and tits. He does George Carlin's seven dirty words. He's like, are you ready? He's like, your first comic. He's a favorite of the JFL. Has a bunch of all new faces. Please give it up for Drew Bame. I go out on stage, and I'm wearing my fucking Oilers jersey underneath my hoodie. So I got my hoodie zipped up all the fucking way, and then my jersey tucked into my pants. So you can't see that I'm wearing a jersey. And I'm like, yo, what's up, everybody? Like, we're here to see Brad. Just show him some love. Like, let him know you're here. And then I was like, it's nice to be here. Uh, but, you know, a lot of comedians say that's nice to be here, uh, you know, all the time. But for me, it is really nice to be here because I was born and raised in Edmonton. This is my hometown. And as I'm saying that, I unzip my hoodie and the Oilers logo starts to appear. And I'm like, and I'm back in my home motherfucking town. And then I rip off my hoodie and I spin it around twice and I toss it. And the place goes fucking nuts. 
and then I started doing some local reference jokes. Like it's like I was the headliner. I was like, "What's been a lot's been happening since I've been back?" Like kind of channeling. Like a, like, I felt like Chris Rock up there. Honestly, like I, the energy was fucking wild. I was pacing you know, like 30 paces back and forth from stage left to stage right. Like, it's a massive fucking stage. Um, and then I did some local reference jokes about those. Someone got stuck in the silver balls on the white mud freeway. And I'm like, if you ever get stuck in those, like, the only way you get let out is if, or you should get let out if someone breaks you out with the baseball bat on 118. Just local reference jokes. And it's just smashing. So I'm like, okay, we're fucking in. I had my set list taped to the ch- stool. And I just let it rip, and it was it was my best set ever. Like, it was the best show I've ever done, ever in my entire life. Like, it was a career fucking highlight. Um, so, yeah, that was Janie, all my, all my sister. And she put us up, me and all my buddies, in a fucking suite in, the, in her resort. And, uh, and it was just fucking incredible, and I had the best night ever. And, uh, yeah. So then Saturday, now we're doing my bachelor party, right? So I'm getting my fucking three high school, best high school buddies together, and we're going to meet up at Riverside Golf Course uh, for a 209 tea time. So we get there. Like, hey, 209. And she's like, yeah, for Jimmy. I'm like, "Uh, nope, for Drew. She's like, nope, 209 is Jimmy. And I'm like, well, I got the receipt right here. She goes, yeah, you're 24 hours late for your tea time. You booked it on Friday. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. So now we're like, we're fucked. Like, we're fucked. We don't have a fucking tea time. And they're like, well, actually, hang on. We do have something open at 218. We can get you on, but there's no guarantee we'll get you golf carts. So we're like, now we got to walk this whole fucking thing, and we got a pull card, and we're like, fuck, man. Like, Jesus, fuck. Now we just, just turned into a fucking complete shit show. We got to walk. We got all these beers and all this crap, and it's like, fuck. So whatever. We're like, fuck it. We're not going to go anywhere else. We're just going to go. And then and then they're like, maybe we'll get some cards for you. Like, hole two, come back around. Like, the, the way the course is set up, like, the second hole is, like, kind of close to the clubhouse. So we're on fucking hole one, and we do hole one, and my first drive is great. Like, I took a golf lesson on Wednesday, and uh, and my I learned a little bit about my swing and whatever, whatever, whatever. I have a nice drive. <laughs> and that was my only good drive of the day out of 18 fucking holes. So we're going to go to the range this week and kind of tune things up. Um, anyways, uh, we find, we get the whole tool, a hole two, and there's a fucking golf cart just sitting there. We're like, oh, that must be ours. So we just take it. We're like, man, we'll get another one about hole nine. And then the Marshall guy comes around. He's like, did you guys snag that fucking cart off hole two? And we're like, yeah, we thought it was ours. He's like, no, some guys just said the battery was dead and they left it there, but they were just dumb and they left it in neutral. They didn't know how to get it out of neutral. So we're like, fucking just stole that golf cart. We got the golf cart. So we ended up getting another golf cart on the back nine. So we only... Missed out, uh, like, for not, for fucking up a golf booking, getting on the course, like, no problem, and the only hiccup was that we didn't get a car, one out of the two carts for the front nine, is, like, it's actually incredible. Like, the my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was on our side that, that day. Um, so, we had a nice round. I started keeping the score with happy faces and frowny faces. Uh, you know, I made a couple pars. I made a gnarly 20-yard putt from the fringe. Just aced it. Just called it. I said, boys, fucking check this out. And then just boom, it was a fucking downhill left to right. And I just fucking aced it, man. It was so sick. And that was my, that was my, I got two pars on the day, like real pars. Otherwise, I was Pele after that. I was just kicking the fucking ball around. Um, <laughs> and I changed balls like four times. I was like, oh, I guess I got a Callaway now. <laughs> like I started with a, started this hole with a Titleist and we ended with a Callaway. I don't know how the fuck that happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was good. And then, uh, and then uh, we went to Pampa. Brazilian steakhouse for dinner. It was all right. The boys liked it more than I did, uh, but, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, and then I, w- I did Mother's Day, and that was amazing. And then and then I came home, 
Here to you now. Okay, so I am fucking exhausted. We're going to wrap this fucking show up. Uh, promotional consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our Patreons. Would you like access to fucking bonus content like every set that I've ever done? Uh, shit. Oh, the music is playing? Oh, this is the old... Whatever. We'll do the commercial now. Uh, go to patreon.com slash drewbame. Sign up for as little as $5. You will get an individualized personalized shout out on every single episode like these fine folks kevin and joyce fucking uh james new guy mark tony smog nick and mac bubba and marnus motherfucking street demon joel our number one fan joel and in the motherfucking hall of fame call that andre blair and terrence say the name what up what him oh and andre came down too it's so nice to see joel and andre thank you guys for coming down andre rode his bike five fucking hours and he came down, he's just a fucking, just a gnarly motherfucker. Andre is a, you're so gnarly, dude. <laughs> but it was nice to see you, buddy. Uh, I miss you, man. Want him. And uh, Joel as well, too. Nice to see you, buddy. You know I love you for a long time, buddy. Uh, go to patreon.com slash drewbame. Sign up for as low as five bucks. Also, promotional consideration for this week of Drew is provided by our sponsor, kingtutscannabis.com. That's right. They are selling mushrooms now. Holy fucking shit. I got a package for me. I hope they left me some mushrooms in there. I've been smoking on this wedding cake. Holy fuck. I brought an ounce of that, and it's stuck. Oh, it was stinking up the whole airplane <laughs> on the way home. I put it in the top of my bag, and it would just, like, I opened the thing, and it was just like, whew, like, the dankness was fucking incredible. Um... So yeah, go to kingtutscannabis.com. Use the promo code Drew for 10% off your order. Okay, that's the show. We will be back next week with more. I'm at the corner this week if you want to check me out. And yes, the album. Oh yeah, Nick wanted to know about the album. I just bought a one terabyte hard drive because I need it to... I need it to... My computer doesn't have enough fucking room on it. Uh, whatever. You're supposed to do all your shit on an external hard drive anyways. That's like recording 101. So I'm waiting on my hard drive. It should be here tomorrow. And then I will start the editing process of my new album. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Night, night. Fuck you. And I... And your bonus. Fuck. Don't forget that.